Hello and welcome for today's Leadership in Action interview. We're making a foray into the world of media and I'm delighted to be joined by Channel 4 Chief Executive David Abraham. David has always been at the forefront of innovation, having been a founding partner of advertising agency St Luke's, which pioneered a new funky approach to generating creativity. There he helped the repositioning of businesses such as Body Shop and BP, and my old firm Clark Shoes was also an early client. His previous TV experience includes a spell with Discovery Networks in the US, where he was Vice President of the Discovery Home Network and President of their TLC channel. Then from 2007, as Head of UK TV, David oversaw the rebranding of channels such as Yesterday, Gold and Day. Clearly, he has an extensive background of leading in dynamic and creative environments. David, welcome. Thank you. Let's begin with St Luke's, a very different kind of agency when it started, with a highly distinctive culture. How much have you carried that with you, David, in your subsequent career? Well, I learned a tremendous amount from that period uh, in my in my life, really, because it was an attempt to uh, organise a highly creative uh, company in a, in a different way. And uh, in many senses, it succeeded over a period of five or so years whilst I was there in getting the, really the best out of its employees, partly as a result of um, giving everyone a stake in the business, um, but also because we organised ourselves in a very uh, different way from the traditional ad agencies. The, uh, the building was used in a very radical way. We were one of the first companies to use wireless communications. Um, and uh, we sort of turned the business, the, the way that an ad agency operates inside out and gave our resources to our clients. And it was a very collaborative environment, one that was also very, very creative. And do you have a make yourself more interesting fund at Channel 4 like they do at St Luke's? Well, I'd like to think that Channel 4 is one of the most interesting brands, uh, you know, in, in, in the country, if not in, in the world, in, in my view, um, because it's constantly striving to, to do things in new ways and to break through in all of the different genres and categories that it, that it operates in. Um, and certainly, um, the staff are very highly motivated to be here. Uh, they're very proud to be here and they're very aware. I think they, they're very aware of the, uh, I suppose, the expectations that the brand brings upon all of us uh, to continue uh, that tradition of innovation. Uh, tell us a little bit about your time in the States. Um, what were the differences in their approach to leadership and teamwork compared to the UK and what can we learn from them? Well, whilst I was in America, I was working for Discovery Communications. It was at that point a, a privately uh, held company, and it was a very expansionist and commercially driven um, organization. Uh, and certainly the discipline uh, and the focus on the bottom line was, was um, you know, a, a very formative uh, experience for me. Channel 4 operates on a, on a different model. It's publicly owned, and it's effectively not-for-profit, but we are commercially funded and um, what we're seeking to do is to maximize our revenues in order to maximize our investment in the content that our remit requires us to deliver um, and so it's it's more of a hybrid of a, of a of a commercial and a public entity discovery was a very commercially orientated organization that had a had an equally strong brand and one that operated at a very big global scale okay um You've led some pretty radical rebranding exercises, particularly at UK TV. Uh, tell us how you go about leading such major change programmes and getting people enrolled and taking them with you. Well, I'm a great believer in a, in a sort of combination of um, 
of a, of a sort of tight and a loose approach to managing um, projects and people in that I try and set out very clearly some very simple and, and, and uh, clear uh, precepts and principles that I'm working to. Um, and I try and be very clear on the structure that will be required to deliver it. But then I'm very keen that people know that they should then take responsibility to work out how to deliver to, to, that, to the vision. Um, and I think many people have commented throughout my career that I, I, I'm quite an effective delegator, um, but I'm quite close to what's going on. And I think there's a balance in leadership always between um, being aware of the performance of a team and giving it room and giving it space uh, to, to, to achieve its potential. And certainly as I went through my career, I think I, I learned in various stages how to, how to let go, but also how to get results. And how do you know when you've got that balance right and what tells you that you're doing the right thing? Well, I think there's a combination of, uh, of instinct and, 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 and insight and experience. And then there's, then there's what the data is telling you and how is the business performing. Um, and, um, you know, we all work and operate in, in media with um, some pretty basic uh, performance indicators in terms of our audience performance and our revenues. And yet at the same time, those are the byproduct of our innovation. And we constantly have to be stimulated and be in a stimulating environment and one where people can aspire uh, to try new things, to take risks and sometimes fail, uh, and to work in a culture where the failure in itself, if we learn from it, has value. Um, and certainly in my early career, I experienced environments, creative environments, which worked in quite different ways. Uh, you know, there are there are effective cultures which are more driven by uh, fear and pure competition internally uh, which can deliver quite good results uh, it's never been the environment I've been most comfortable working in uh, and, and it tends in my view to not be as sustainable as the way that I would prefer to lead uh, a creative organisation Okay, and something which is really interesting is your remit at Channel 4, which covers a number of areas, uh, innovation, experimentation and creativity, cultural diversity, education and distinctiveness. How do you ensure everyone in the organisation pulls in the same direction and delivers on all those points? And it's easy if you've got a single-minded proposition, but, but when you've got to cover a number of different bases, how, how do you make sure that that happens? Well, there's a, there's a simple um, answer to the question, which is you need a team where everyone at the top is given part of that portfolio to worry about uh, but equally importantly is that it should work as a team and it could, should share the collective responsibility to deliver to the remit. Um, the board of Channel 4 holds the executive responsible for delivery of the remit. We have a number of measures of how we can monitor how we're doing on all of those things. Some of them are soft and some of them are quite hard measures such as how many hours do we produce in the nations and regions of the UK uh, or what are public attitudes that we can measure towards the diversity of our output. Um, but a lot of it is cultural. A lot of it is in the woodwork and in the water of, of the building. Uh, and if people feel uh, they're working in an environment that's highly collaborative, but where they can be heard with their ideas and pursue them um, if they feel passionately about them, um, then you know that's going to be 
an equally important factor in our success. And something you mentioned the evening I met you in Bristol was using interdisciplinary teams to handle complex development projects. Could you explain a bit more about how that works? Well, television um, is increasing, has always been, but is increasingly driven by uh, technical innovation. Uh, over the last 20 years, we've gone from an analog world to a digital world, and now we're going into a highly connected environment in which broadband networks are influencing uh, what people are watching and how they're watching, as well as mobile technologies. And in that environment, we need we have a team of you know 150 people working in our technology uh, group who are working alongside you know 150 people who are working in the commissioning group. And so, what is a program and what is a product that delivers the program begin to converge in an interesting set of ways. So, what's very important is that. Uh, those people doing what were so-called creative jobs uh, see the technology experts as their partners because obviously designing software and designing software products is as creative a, a, an activity. And then you get some, a very interesting environment in which those two groups are working together on, on, on output and creating work which in our case is breaking through and winning awards and is changing the shape of how television programmes are delivered. That's really interesting. It sounds like the organisation is almost a brain and you've got the left side and the right side of the brain talking to each other. Well, ideally, yes. And then, of course, you've got the, the, the revenue side that has to uh, exploit the value of that to, to the maximum in order to pay for the next wave of innovation. Um, and uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful environment to work in. And, of course, what makes also makes Channel 4 very uh, distinctive is that we don't produce and execute the, the, the output uh, in-house. We, we do it in partnership with a myriad of literally hundreds of companies around the country um, who are constantly coming in and out of the building or we're traveling to see them. And together uh, we are uh, pr- producing uh, the, the, the diversity of output which is expected from, from the remit. And another expression used was creating an environment where the unexpected can occur. Tell us how you achieve that. Well, I suppose that comes back to this idea of having a clear set of guidelines that people are working in generally and knowing who's doing what, but then letting people loose uh, to, work, to work within that and expecting um, and being open to those ideas that do make us feel a bit scared and which are coming from left field, but which could be the, the new turning of the wheel of a particular genre or a particular... Uh, type of programming that people haven't seen before. Um, in that sense, we are like the R&D lab um, for talent, uh, for on-screen talent, but also for the program makers. Um, and often there's been a great track record of uh, people going on to work in on more mainstream channels during after a period of experimenting on Channel 4. And in such a, an innovative environment, how do you make sure that the whole thing doesn't go pear-shaped? Well, I suppose that's just in the in the art of um, of, of managing an environment uh, that has to sustain itself. And I, I think one of the great strengths of Channel Four uh, is that it doesn't rely on a, on a handout. It doesn't rely on a license fee. It does have to think about uh, how it pays for its innovation. And and interestingly, there's a relationship in terms of our brand values with the appeal that the brand creates because it's innovative and because it's trying a new and different things. And I always say 
to advertisers that we provide a very unique environment because of that. Um, and I think the discipline of, of, of thinking about, about how we earn our keep and then balancing that out with how we push innovation is a very healthy one. Uh, and as a result of which we, over the last 30 years, have kept, them, kept this very unique model going. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of leads on to my next question, which is around stakeholder engagement, because as a publicly owned but commercially funded body, your stakeholder relationships must be rather different from other organisations. Well, they, they are in as much as our board are not our owners. They are the um, protectors of, of, the, of the remit. Um, and our board is made up of a, of a group of, of very talented individuals who come from a combination of the creative and the commercial world uh, and, and the world of sort of public institutions. And um, together, we have that central discussion about whether or not we are getting the balance right between, for example, delivering programs that deliver ratings and revenue and delivering programs that deliver to the ultimate cultural ambitions of the remit. And as a media business, apart from your remit, how do you view your responsibilities to the wider community and to the public in general? Very, very seriously, because of course one of the inspirations of Channel 4 is that there are parts of society that are not being served by mainstream media. Um, traditionally that's been groups in society, whether it's ethnic groups or uh, you know, uh, gender groups who feel underrepresented in mainstream media 30 years ago when we were formed. And over those periods we have successively sought to address different parts of the population that perhaps felt that they there wasn't a place for them or that they weren't represented in mainstream media. And the most recent example of that, of course, is uh, the 2012 Paralympic Games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, turning our attention to you, as opposed to the organisation, looking back uh, over your career, what do you think was your biggest leadership mistake and, and what did you learn from it? Well, going back to the uh, experience of St. Luke's, which for many years was a very successful company but it was and it was built on a set of ideals which worked tremendously well when we were relatively small so I think we were a group when we did the management buyout of that company we were about 35 people um, but it grew to nearly 200 over the years and the ability of an organization to to rethink its own DNA when it has been successful is very challenging and what proved to be the case with St. Luke's is that at the peak of our success, uh, what we ought to have done better was to have reinvented uh, the way that we worked, the governance model, the way that we uh, what we were aspiring to do strategically. Um, but the 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 organisational model that we began with proved to be uh, unable to evolve itself, uh, given the size that we that we achieved. So often, size and creative organisations create a lot of complexity and people's motivations for what they originally wanted to do in the organisation and then what it is when it becomes bigger can create conflicts. And certainly I was young enough at that point in my career to learn from that um, and reflect on it in terms of how to manage larger groups of creative people. And how do you make sure now that that the organisation learns? Well, I mean, there are a variety of different ways in which you step out of the day-to-day and you 
set an agenda of discussion in the form of perhaps an off-site or um, changing the rhythm of, of the data because obviously television is a very rapid and repetitive and immediate medium but we do have to step out and we do have to think long term and we do have to think more broadly about the, is the way that we're working the right way of working and at the end of the day it's about people and um, it's certainly been my experience that there's always a natural evolution in teams people come and go for different reasons opportunities arrive on the outside of the organization and create opportunities for people from within and when that happens that's always a way to evolve um, I mean just in the last few months here because of changes at the BBC one or two of our senior people uh, are, 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 have moved on and gone to other opportunities but that's immediately created an opportunity for, for, for the fresh blood to come in from within the organisation and assume greater responsibility and bring their perspective to the whole. And so organisations can naturally evolve and evolve in a very healthy way um, if one can um, maintain a balance between um, the continuity of a team and all the knowledge of a team with the new ideas that come with fresh blood. So in an organisation which is so dynamic, how do you, um, how do you manage the succession? Well, uh, it, it's, a, it, it's always a, a challenge and, and, um, and of course in a creative organisation there, there, there ought to be some outstanding talent that's almost irreplaceable or very hard to replace uh, and that's how the media business tends to work. Um, you know, we're in the business of finding hits and they don't come along every day and um, you cherish those people who have proven themselves on successive occasions to be the authors of, of, of that success. Um, so, you know, but at the same time, uh, what I've also observed is that um, people can come up and surprise you and in the right environment they can contribute in new ways and, and have new kinds of success. So at the end of the day it's a balance and, um, you know, like any team you're looking for a combination of, uh, of people who are perhaps still proving themselves with, with those people who have, who have achieved a lot of success and that whose experience can balance out uh, those people um, who, who are coming through. During your career, you must have worked with a lot of other leaders. Who are the ones who have inspired you most and what was it about them that inspired you? Well, I've worked with... Um, several founders of successful creative organizations. Um, the late Jay Shiat, who ran the very successful US network, Jay Shiat Day, um, he, uh, he was certainly a source of inspiration because he thought quite a lot about how um, you could achieve creative innovation but still be highly collaborative. Whereas in my early part of my career, it was often the case that you know, creative people sort of had their idea and then sort of, you know, the client or the partner had to accept it without any adaption at all. Um, it was much more of a sort of author-led, author-only approach, whereas Jay had this idea about collaboration which influenced the Apple brand in its early days and proved to be extremely successful. Um, I also worked during my time at Discovery Networks, um, ultimately for the founder, John Hendricks, who had the idea for for the Discovery Channel and um, who remain close to the business. So I've always enjoyed, uh, as well as at the time that I was a partner in, in, in St. Luke's, 
you know, being amongst people who'd started things. Uh, and then, paradoxically, here at, here at Channel 4, on an almost daily basis, I'm meeting people who are the founders or principals or creators of their own production companies. Uh, and I enjoy that hugely, and I enjoy helping to support their, what, their work. So, so the, these are people who really have a vision Yes, and I think they're people who um, have it in their DNA to, to want to be creative and who, who then set about working out how to earn a living out of being creative. And that's never very straightforward. It's never very predictable. Uh, but it's in their DNA to have ideas and to hopefully do so in a very original way and a way that can change things. Um, and... Um, and when those people are also good entrepreneurs and know how to uh, you know, pursue business growth in the process of pursuing those ideas, it's, tre- it's tremendously exciting and it's uh, one of the most interesting places, I think, that one could, one could possibly be. Excellent. One final question, David. If you had to choose just one piece of advice on how we can all become more effective leaders, what would it be? Well, it's a difficult question to answer in a glib in a glib way, but I, I think one of the, the biggest challenges that I've encountered, both myself and in helping other people to grow as leaders, is the whole challenge of letting go. Because the paradox of leadership is that you, you arrive at it through management, and management is about control. And leadership is a different kind of thing. It's uh, a process whereby... You're no longer in control to the degree that you were as a manager because you have so many more people that you are leading uh, and you're seeking to to encourage and inspire people to perform through the process which is almost through, like osmosis because you're not there in the room for 90% of the time um, but you're there in, in the form of the interactions that you have and the standards that you set and the example that you set and how you behave as a leader. Um, and all of those things come through a process of letting go. Uh, and, um, and reacting appropriately to the realities of the business on a day-to-day basis. Because if, a, if, if someone, if a leader starts to manage, he's no longer a leader, he's a manager. And that it's, it's thinking about the difference between those two things, which I suppose would be my, uh, my ultimate uh, test of what leadership is. So would that equate to um, the tight and loose thing? So the tight is more the management side and the loose is more the leadership. Exactly. And, and the fact is that you cannot lead an organisation uh, and, and not have the ability or the willingness to become a manager when needed particularly at the moment of crisis and on one level on a day-to-day basis because you're involved in many things and you have to be able to manage your time and manage your priorities in an effective way Um, but um, I think we all go through various stages of evolution as leaders and at the early stages you're still much more of a manager and hopefully by the end of the process uh, whilst you can be a manager at the flip, flip of a switch, as it were, if, you, if needed, and go into an operational mode, um, the greater dominance of your time is around inspiring people, guiding them, 
um, and, 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 and leading them to great, to, to great performance. Um, and um, uh, they, everyone in the organization should get the strong sense that you're able to work at both levels. Because I think if people feel you're too detached, then they don't feel uh, that you're connected to what they're actually doing. But then if you're too attached, then you're clearly micromanaging them. Super. Well, thank you, David Abrahams, for a look at how we can inject some creative approaches into our repertoire of leadership skills. I'm sure there are lots of ideas there for us all to take away and try out in our own particular situations. Very many thanks, David. It's a great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Super. Well done. You're a one-man radio. (laughs)